0: Community. We're back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today, it is no different. I have Mr. Chris Walker with me. Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you?
1: I'm doing well today. Thanks for inviting me on, and I'm excited to be talking with you.
0: My absolute pleasure, sir. Chris, before we get into your current position and what you do day in, day out, let's get back in time. Uh, who was Chris as a young man at school?
1: Um, <laughs> great question. Um, as a young kid, uh, very energetic, uh, very outgoing, um, also very hyperactive as well. So, um, a lot of got got channeled into sports and athletics. So that's really kind of where my, uh, participation and in, in fandom began. Um, on top of the fact that both of my parents, um, are born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. So, Um, being born and raised in Gainesville, Florida, um, growing up a huge college athletics fan um, between Alabama and UF. So um, I'll just kind of fast forward to college, Uh, went to the University of Florida, uh, majored in uh, sport management, and I don't know if I necessarily had a reason as to why I wanted to work in sports and entertainment, um, only for the reason that I just thought it would be a really cool not job, but also career and industry to be a part of. So, um, you know, through that being able to work inside the University of Florida Athletic Department, um, developing connections there, developing relationships, things of that nature. And then I decided to take uh, my educational path a little bit further and actually go to uh, the University of Alabama (laughs) where my parents went uh, to go get my uh, MBA in strategy. And that's really where I kind of got down to what exactly is it that I want to do in the sport industry. And so I'll kind of make a long story short, but, you know, I really identified that I wanted to help people. Um, I wanted to establish long-term relationships and I wanted to have fun in the process. And through that is where I got connected with Crimson Tide Sports Marketing. Um, That was part of the Learfield sports family um, and being able to work with that team while I was in school up there. Um, unfortunately enough, um, I was able to get connected to Learfield sports headquarters out in Plano, Texas. Um, and it was a little bit of kind of luck meets opportunity meets preparation, um, and and taking some action there where, you know, I was able to get into a program out in Plano, Texas, um, really just kind of as a, I guess what you would call a, a corporate sales intern, but really it was just having line of sight access to the executives that were based there, uh, the national partnerships team, uh, business analytics, uh, things of that nature. So it really just kind of furthered my love and you know devotion um, when it came to corporate partnerships. So this was all going on from May 2012 to October 2012. And that's when one of the VPs um, inside the corporate office decided I was ready to actually start selling. And they thought the best place for me would be to go up to the University of South Dakota in uh, Vermilion and uh, sell corporate partnerships for uh, South Dakota Coyotes. Uh, There's actually a gentleman on your podcast previously um, who actually took over for me uh, when I was at South Dakota, Ben Flora. Uh, He's now at USC at Fox Sports. So uh, he and I have that common connection up in Vermilion. But it really was just kind of a wonderful opportunity to, Kind of fly by the seat of my pants because I really had no idea what I was doing. But, um, you know, Ben and I, we actually both had an incredible boss up there. Uh, we shared the same leader that really allowed us to kind of get um, not only our feet under us, but knew that we were going to be, um, you know, a project, so to speak, as well. So uh, they were, he was very, very helpful um, in terms of us kind of uh, beginning our career um, in the uh, corporate partnership space. After uh, 13 months there, the same VP decided I was ready to take my next step and uh, move to St. Louis, Missouri, and sell corporate partnerships for the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, Missouri Valley Conference is right there in the heart of the Midwest, um, really rich history of, of collegiate basketball. And so for there for two years, um, selling corporate partnerships for the conference, um, encompassing their men's and women's basketball tournament that was based in St. Louis, um, and had, you know, a lot of success there, but, you know, always in the back of my mind, I wanted to, um, you know, work in professional sports and specifically uh, I really wanted to work for the Orlando magic. Uh, They're my favorite professional team growing up uh, here in Florida. Um, You know, really my first love outside of college athletics. And thankfully enough, um, I was able to work for the Orlando magic um, from January 2016 up till last June and really just kind of a transformational phase in my life in terms of not just professional and personal growth but you know also you know there's immense challenges as well Um, and I really got to understand what the true meaning of partnership was um, going into professional sports but specifically working for the Orlando Magic Um, really more so moving away from maybe the spots and dots of what partnerships were to really multi-dimensional, fully integrated partnerships. Um, and so I was there with the team for three and a half years and right around uh, late May and June, um, two of my now colleagues reached out to me uh, to see if I would have been interested in representing corporate partnerships on behalf of my alma mater here at the Florida Gators. And uh, it was a little bit of, you know, feeling like mama's asking you to come home and uh, it was just really hard, um, you know, to turn down that opportunity and re- not only represent my alma mater that gave so much to me, but now I was in a position to get back to it. Um, and that was connecting brands to Florida Gator fans. And so now I've been with that team um, since last July.
0: Well, wow. very decorated career, um, a lot happening and a lot to learn from. You started your career, from what I can see, in 2012. Um, we're in 2020. What's the biggest change you've seen along the journey?
1: No, that's a great question. And I think I might have alluded to it a little bit earlier, which is, you know, the transformation of what partnerships really are. And again, using that phrase, spots and dots, where, you know, we could put a sign up in the building, we could provide somebody a bank of tickets um, and call it a day. Send a partnership recap, you know, nine months into you know the partnership, and doing the same thing over and over again. And you fast forward to 2020, those things just don't fly anymore. Uh, brand marketers are so savvy, they're so intelligent. Um, their data and analytics um, really are, are light years beyond you know even some of the sport organizations, both professionally and collegiately so you as a corporate partnership seller really have to dive into their objectives um, have to understand audience targeting what are their priority markets what are their kpis and you know i think at the end of the day now you know a partnership for me personally um you know it's a strategic alignment between team and brand and you have to have shared equities. You have to have the same commonalities and compatibilities. And rightfully so, you're trying to deliver value to your fans um, and it should be multi-dimensional. Um, it shouldn't just be inside the stadium, but it should be outside the stadium. It shouldn't just be inside the home, it should be at retail. And there's a lot of cool marketing vehicles where you can do that. And so I think if you just kind of fast forward from 2012 to 2020, uh, the evolution of corporate partnerships has just been incredible. And, you know, there's a reason why it's a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. It's because it works.
0: Absolutely. Um, let's go through, you know, over your career, you've worked in the, in the collegiate space. But you've also worked for an MBA team. Um, and one of, one of the things that really interests people is how much of a difference is there between the two operations like what's one thing that stood out to you that was a clear contrast between, between the, uh, the two worlds.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, really if you think about corporate partnerships with college athletics versus professional sports is specifically for the company that I work for with for the IMG college, you know, they're the nation's leader in the collegiate multimedia right space. But, we're a third party at the end of the day, so we're not necessarily inside the athletics department. We're representing corporate partnership interests on behalf of the athletics department. Whereas professional sports, everything is done in-house, yeah. um, and so when I use that term, you know, multidimensional, fully integrated, college athletics is now catching up to professional sports in terms of what that means. But when you look at the professional landscape you can really touch a lot of different departments within your org- own organization, but you can really touch a lot of departments within the partner brand that you're working with as well. Um, and I think too, just within the venues and of themselves, you know, there's a lot of historic venues with um, college athletics that will probably never go away. Um, I think specifically of our stadium, then Hill Griffin stadium, the swamp, um, you know, it's a historic venue. Whereas in professional sports, it feels like there's an arms race to have the state of the art venue, not just where your team is housed, but developing entertainment districts around those venues as well. So you might have more opportunities to create um, engaging on-site experiential spaces, um, whether they're one-offs or whether they are permanent. Um, And maybe you don't have that luxury within college athletics, but there's a lot of data and analytics that show the passion that college athletic fans can bring to partner brands, um, doesn't even compare to, uh, professional sports, uh, specifically with Florida Gator fans. Um, the affinity that they have for, you know, their favorite team, their alma mater, things of that nature, it's so transferable to the partner brands that we work with. Um, you know, and we've been able to work with, you know, some of our partner brands for north of 35 plus years. So, um, you know, I would wow. say those are a couple of the, of the key differences there.
0: Wow. That's, um, that's pretty impressive actually. Um let's let's go through and discuss the current climate we're in. Um COVID has really hit the collegiate sporting world and you yeah. know you you guys have had to now um, sell partnerships and packages and so on and so on and try and basically justify a brand's investment in a good chance empty stadiums. Um how yeah. is that how is that changed the game for you guys? How have you guys been impacted? What change has had to happen internally? Like what's, you know, how have you guys responded to all this crazy change that we're all facing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Interesting times for sure. And, you know, we're speaking today here on August 13th. Um, This has been probably the most monumental couple of days in the history of college athletics. Absolutely. Um, so specifically with the Southeastern Conference and the Florida Gators, um, we have been following the guidance of the SEC's return to activity and medical guidance task force, uh, University of Florida Athletics up in Gainesville. Um, they've been following directions and guidelines from UF Health, um, which is one of the premier health care providers, um, in the Southeast, uh, state health officials, um, the NCAA, um, really all regarding health guidelines and protocols to make sure that, you know, we're creating an environment where our athletes can compete safely come September 26th, um, that date specific to football, but of course um, the other fall sports um, as well when it comes to soccer, volleyball, and cross country. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, partnerships in and of itself and how we are consulting brand marketers in a COVID world, um, You know, it's been interesting, right? Um, You know, the data kept changing uh, day in and day out from, you know, mid-March to, you know, sitting here today. And, you know, we're all trying to provide recommendations and solutions based on factual data that's coming out of, you know, Birmingham, Alabama, where the SEC is. And obviously, U.S. up in Gainesville, too, before we make recommendations back to our partner brands. Because the last thing that we would want to do is, you know, say, hey, there's a problem but we don't necessarily have a solution for that problem. So we want to make sure that we have a game plan in place. Um, You know, Look, we haven't made an announcement on fan attendance and what that's going to look like uh, this upcoming year. Um, But I think just in terms of what we've been doing with our brands um, and even Learfield IMG College as a whole is we've really kind of accelerated our mission as a media and tech company that's going to be driven by data. And so the best example that I can give you is even if there are limited fans inside Ben Hill Griffin Stadium um, five Saturdays this upcoming year, and of course we want to, you know, a full house of 90,000 fans. It's just not going to be realistic this year. Um, we can still create a "quote-unquote" digital Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and so we can still connect with fans outside the venue through digital and social channels. I don't think. Um, relaying any talking points that other people probably haven't mentioned on your podcast or they've mentioned in trade publications. Sure, fans want to be inside the stadium cheering on the Florida Gators, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop being fans just because they can't go to the game this year. They're going to be fans 365 days throughout the year. So how can you continually service them content, even if they're not able to engage with the team physically? And so we have a lot of cool uh, tools within our arsenal that we're using right now where we can leverage first party data that brand marketers can't get uh, from anywhere else except through us or through the other college athletic departments within Learfield IMG College. You know, they only have access to, you know, secondary and third party data. We can mine that data, leverage it, service it back to the partner brand so they can get hyper focused in terms of not just quantity of impressions but the quality of impressions towards Florida Gator fans um, as they continue their consumer journey on the internet and so you know we're really recommending um, that brands tie into the intellectual property of the Florida Gators so that we can service them co-branded ads you know as they're visiting Bleacher Report, Yahoo Sports, ESPN and those are things that are certainly immeasurable, trackable real-time data that we can deliver back to the brands. So that's just on the digital strategy front, but social too, um, really looking at it through the lens of storytelling, um, providing fans access to FortiGators content that they can't get anywhere else unless they're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, you know, as events were canceled in spring, um, you know, we were able to mitigate a lot of those things over to digital, to social Uh, We were able to reproduce old radio broadcasts of historic games um, and Florida Gator athletics history um, and service some um, radio spots, uh, not just through our radio affiliates here in the Sunshine State, but also online as well. Um, And, you know, a lot remains to be seen in terms of what the fan attendance is going to look like this year and kind of how we dictate, okay, if we can't deliver inside the venue, how can we create that digital experience? Um, outside the venue. Because, look, I think we would all be foolish to say, you know, hey, digitally, you could still service fans um, outside Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. But, and you could probably reach more people that way just through one tweet or just through one Facebook post, depending on the metrics that you're using. But of course, there's no comparison, you know, being in a sellout game, 90,000 fans, top 10 FC matchup between the Florida Gators and whoever the opponent is. So, um, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but um, you know, COVID's really, you know, up and in our industry, but it's also accelerated a lot of the probably projects that we were going to implement down the road and we're just doing it in a much quicker fashion.
0: Very nice. So there's always good in what in what may seem bad. Um let's let let's basically move on uh, and see like how how do you see things? You said you just said that COVID's fast-forwarded a few things that you guys had, had planned. How do you see the future evolving and moving forward? Like, How, how is college sport-branded uh, partnerships going to change moving forward? Where's, where do you think there's going to be the most change?
1: Yeah, um, another great question. And I think we're seeing it right now with the sports that have come back here and the states between the MLS the NBA um, and the MLB as well. So, you know, it's just been, (laughs) it's been interesting the last couple of weeks to see what's worked, what hasn't worked. It's been awesome to see the leagues, the broadcast partners and the teams really collaborate, really innovate and test and learn. Um, You know, I call it the sandbox. Let's just play in the sandbox together. Um, And let's see, you know, if we can try something new and if it works, let's evolve if not we can try something else as well so i think when you look you know to vr's impact on you know the partnership space um you know it's really allowed these broadcasters to and the teams to replace you know real advertising panels with virtual images on screen um open new commercial opportunities for rights holders um you know particularly too when it comes to targeting online audiences as well um and i think as we continue to evolve beyond that and as we get our sporting events back professionally and collegiately, and once we're able to play them in our home markets throughout the entire country, um, it's only going to continue to grow. I think a lot of these new uh, marketing opportunities that the teams, the leagues, broadcast partners are working on are probably going to be here to stay. Um, and then, you know, once again, data is just going to be so important uh, for brand marketers to deliver uh, concise uh, messaging to the type of audience that they're looking to attract um, within that fan base. So, you know, I'm excited for the future of uh, what partnership is gonna look like. It's, it's hard to see a silver lining with everything going on in a global pandemic. Uh, we're just trying to pivot the best way that we can. Um, and so, you know, those are just a couple examples of, of what I think the future of, of partnership is gonna look like on top of, again, the storytelling factor when it comes to social fans want access to their favorite team 24-7, 365. So only those channels are going to get more savvy um, and it continues to evolve to provide the best fan-centric content to those individuals, but also provide results for brands.
0: Absolutely. absolutely Sounds um, sounds on the ball, as they say. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Chris, you've uh, as we said earlier, you've had a fair a fair chunk of experience at the highest level. I mean, uh, working for a professional sporting team like the Orlando Magic is 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 no walk in the park. You got millions of uh, sporting professionals who'd love to who'd love to work there. Even your current position, even the position early on before Orlando. What's I mean, if you're looking back now, and you're and you're a young college student again, trying to come through and build a career in sport. What's three tips you would give to somebody trying to build a career in sport?
1: It's very difficult to answer that in a COVID world because I've been asked that question before, and I'm really trying to empathize with what they're going through, and knowing that I've never had to go through that. And so, you know, thinking about tips that you can provide people that are trying to break into the industry. Um it's probably even more so now competitive than ever before. Um, not just maybe positions or internships that have been lost because of this, but unfortunately, people that have lost their own jobs within different industries may be looking to try to break into sports at a certain point. Um, but again, just going back to college students in and of itself, um, you know, obviously now is going to be a great time to develop your brand. Um, and what I mean by that is trying to create meaningful relationships with individuals that are in the partnership space. Um, and the best way to do that, obviously, is, is through LinkedIn. Um, but you just gotta take that first step. Um, I think there's a lot of apprehension at times of, you know, should I reach out to, you know, this person within this department or that person within that department? I always just say, shoot high, go for the CEO, go for an executive, um, and see what happens there. Um, you know, I would say probably the second point being too, is there's probably a lot of college students that are just applying for any and all positions and not that that's not a bad strategy, but I would also just be very careful too, um, in terms of maybe applying for every position that might be available with one specific team. Um, and of course, HR can check that, um, or maybe just kind of applying for every job that might be on a, uh, on a support website where you know teams have the software to track okay that person's applied here that's applied there it just seems like they're applying everywhere you know it's okay to specialize in something right now um and it's okay to apply for just one specific role and hopefully get that role but it doesn't mean that you can't evolve within that organization so um you know don't feel like that you need to apply for everything even though you might have that urge um and then i would say probably last but but not least um is, look, this is no one's fault. This is no one's fault that this happened. And it's specifically not college students' fault that this happened. Um, things are going to get better. Uh, things are going to get back to normal. Um, so just be mindful of that. Um, you know, Be grateful for the things that are around you. Um, you know, utilize the relationships that are in your life, your family and your friends. Um, maybe try some new hobbies, some new skills that, you know, otherwise you may not be able to develop um, if you have a full-time position. But again, this is no one's fault. This will pass. And if you got heart, if you got hustle, if you're just incredibly kind of people, because um, things will happen because I know what's happened to me.
0: Wow. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, from the man himself. Uh, Chris, you've been amazing. Um, you've shared a ton of insight with us, lots of wisdom, and definitely some actionable insights. Mr. Chris, um, unfortunately we have to wrap things up. Before we let you go, where can people get in touch with you online?
1: Yeah, sure thing. The probably best way to reach me would be through LinkedIn, uh, Chris Walker. Uh, I have a very generic name, so (laughs) there's probably a lot (laughs) of Chris Walkers on LinkedIn, but you'll see the Fortigator tag and my title, and I've got my personal information in there um as far as my email um and uh my cell phone number if anybody wants to reach out and connect um throughout all this craziness so um i appreciate you having me on here today um i don't have a very big vocabulary so hopefully i sounded all right throughout all of this but um just grateful for the opportunity to be speaking with you today
0: Mr. Chris, you've been amazing. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Walker, Senior Manager, Business Development at Florida Gators Sports Properties at Lee Field IMG College. Thank you very much for joining us on the Sports Finder podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?